28, the book of Proverbs chapter number 28 this morning. And when you find your place, let's stand in honor and reverence to the reading of the Word of God. And I'm going to read one verse and uh, dig into uh, the Word of God this morning. Proverbs chapter 28, when you find your place, let's stand in reverence to the reading of the Word of God. Proverbs 28, look in verse number 9 this morning. The Bible says, He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be abomination. That's an interesting verse there. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be abomination. And I just say this morning to reject God's law, which is his word, implies a lack of trust. And that lack of trust makes prayer impossible. As a matter of fact, there is an element of faith to everything we do in the Christian life. And you know what Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 tells us? Without faith, it is impossible to please him. It is impossible to please him. Without faith is what the Bible says. And so here in Proverbs 28, verse number 9, we find the words, He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be abomination. What I want to preach on for a little while this morning is the subject of abominable prayer. And so thank you for standing. You can be seated today. An audience with the great God of the universe is a distinct and an awesome privilege. That's exactly what we have in prayer today. At any point in time in our Christian life, we have the privilege and the honor to approach the throne of grace. And not just to approach the throne of grace, but to approach the throne of grace boldly, the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews. And what a privilege that is. John Phillips wrote this. He said, prayer is the most mysterious force in the universe. We are familiar with the laws of nature that underlie such phenomena as electricity, light, sound, magnetism, and gravity. Every scientific discipline has a distinctive set of highly complex laws, some of which we understand, some of which we understand partially, and some of which we don't understand at all. He goes on to say prayer is another law of the universe. We really have no idea how prayer works. We only know that it does. In his administration of the universe, our omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent God takes all the the laws of nature, science, and prayer into account. He weighs the prayer factor along with all the others. What is he trying to say? Well, number one, he's trying to say what a great privilege it is that we can pray. And the other thing he's trying to say is we can't quite figure it all out. But we know it works. Faith. Faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, the Bible says. And today, I'm glad that God is a benevolent. I'm glad He's a benevolent and He's a caring Father who delights in hearing and answering the prayers of His dear children. As a matter of fact, we, a matter of fact, we find in the book of Luke, chapter number 11, in verse 11, 12, and 13, the Bible says, If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give... Will he for a fish give him a serpent? 
Or if he shall ask for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? And so uh, we, we see that God is a caring Father and God is a loving Father that, that, will, that delights in hearing our request and delights in answering our prayers. But let me tell you something. God is also, and we must never lose sight of this, He is also a holy God who cannot tolerate the presence of sin. That's where we fall short so many times in the day that we live. We want to major on the love of God and forget about the judgmental side of God. We forget about the holy side of God. We forget about the righteous side of God. And uh, we even have preachers today that, that, are, that are even saying things like God broke His own law to save us because He loved us so much. If God broke His own law, then He's no longer God. And we have men, actually, the man that said that and believes that and preaches that. Pastors, one of the fastest and largest uh, churches in America, one of the fastest growing and largest churches in America. And that's what he believes. That's heresy. God didn't break his law. The Bible says that Jesus satisfied God's wrath. He fulfilled the law. The law was not broke. If God broke His own law, then Jesus didn't have to do anything that He did. Because He, let me tell you what, what uh, uh, preaching like that does. It makes us think that God doesn't care what we do. He's willing to look past all of it and love us anyways. Now God does love us, but He's a holy God. God, hmm. There's, there's some preaching in the Bible that you don't hear anymore. There's some preaching, uh, especially this verse right here. Can, uh, you know, we hear about people praying all the time and, and it seems like God doesn't answer their prayers. Well, maybe that's because you're living in sin. We have an entire world and when, when you preach things like what I was telling you about just a minute ago, that's the idea that you give people they can do whatever they want. God is always going to look past them. He doesn't though. Sin has to be just, I mean, He's a just God, He's a righteous God, and sin has to be dealt with. Our sin was dealt with and fulfilled that law. Sin was dealt with that day on Calvary's hill when our Savior died for the sins of the world. Let me tell you something, even after you're saved though, you're still in this flesh. You still sin. And guess what God says about it? It separates you from Him. And so we need to understand these things. When we disregard God's holy word, when we do not hear or obey His commandments, we forfeit the privilege of entering into God's presence through prayer. We do. Sometimes you'll hear somebody say, well, it's just no use to pray. They say this because when they do, Pray, nothing seems to happen. And I'll say that's probably true when some pray. That's probably true when a lot of people pray. And often the reason why nothing happens when some people pray is found right here in this verse in Proverbs chapter 28. 
What's the reason? Well, it's this right here. They will not listen to the Word of God. They do not read the Word of God. They do not ponder the Word of God. They don't study the Word of God. They, in fact, go further than that and they reject the Word of God. Think about it this way. Think about it this way. The result of this is fair play. If you're not going to listen to God speak, then why should He listen to you speak? To answer that question with this verse, He will not listen to you when you will not listen to Him. Many people are concerned about hypocrisy, but hypocrisy in prayer is unacceptable to God. God despises the prayers of those who despise His law. You might wonder what His law is. Well, I've already mentioned it this morning. It's His Word. His law, His commandments, it's His Word. And there are probably few areas where hypocrisy shows more than in prayer. And we must concern ourselves not with how we pray, but how we obey God wants us to always have an open and attentive ear toward His Word, which is the law in Proverbs 28. To have no hunger for God's Word or to give it no attention is a sign of spiritual sickness in the child of God. So let's examine this verse today and see what we can find. The first thing I want you to notice is the word deafness. Deafness. Look at the verse again, Proverbs 28.9. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law. I see the word deafness here. I mentioned not listening to God in the introduction. And, and this is really more of a matter of not listening because um, it's really more than just a matter of not listening because of the words turneth away actually indicates turning off. Think about it. This isn't just referring to someone not doing what it says, but it's referring to somebody that won't even listen or hear what it says. In the time of this writing, it's important to understand that people didn't have books. The only way they would know what was in God's Word was to listen when public reading of the Word took place. Now, today we have books, so to make this text applicable, we say, turneth away his hearing, or turneth away his ear from hearing the law applies both to reading as well as listening to it. When we fail to give due attention to the Word of God through not reading it or listening to it, dire consequences are going to result. And we see that in our lives. We see that in people around us. We say so often that I'm just too busy uh, to daily read the Bible, but that argument doesn't hold water because you're never too busy to catch up on the daily news and we're never too busy to see what people are doing on social media. Here's the bold truth of the matter. We don't give attention to the Word of God because we are not interested in the Word of God. Might as well be honest. God already knows. And so, praying is the right thing to do, but praying only gets approval as it gives attention. And all can pray, but not all praying is acceptable. I talked to a fella, just, I guess it's been about a month ago, he kept saying, well, I was praying for this, and I've been praying for that. And the man out of his own admission told me he wasn't saved. And he said, but I prayed for this, and this is what happened. I said, man, I said, there ain't but one prayer God's going to hear from you. And I said, that's the prayer of forgiveness and salvation. I said, that's just how it is. I said, right now, you're an enemy of God. He's not listening to you. 
I said, if anything, He is drawing you to Him through His Holy Spirit. And anything that is going on right now in your life is a direct result of that. It's not that He is just answering your prayers. And a man told me he was lost. Well, preacher, that seems a little... Well, might as well be honest. We got enough lies going around. We got enough ear tickling going around. We need to tell people the truth. And so... All can pray, but not all asking is acceptable. In Proverbs chapter 15, verse 8, we are told of a prayer that brings delight. And in this verse, we are told of a prayer that brings disgust. And the thing that pleases God most is a listening ear. Uh, we find that in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22 says, Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. To refuse to hear and heed the teaching of God regarding faith and practice is spiritual deafness today. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, we find this. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. That time's here, by the way. But it says, after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. What are we seeing in the world? What are we seeing in many churches today? We are seeing a group of people that do not want to hear the truth of God's Word. So they turn off their hearing when it comes to the truth of God's Word. And they turn on their hearing to a bunch of fables spoken by men out here. That's what we see. God's message, let me tell you, the flesh, the flesh wants, the flesh does not want to hear what God has to say. It wants to have its ears tickled. It wants to hear that all is well. Uh, the message of sin is not popular. The message of depravity is not popular. The message of salvation is not even popular anymore. I saw a man the other day in the Mall of America. They were trying to kick him out because he had a t-shirt on that said, Jesus saves in large letters letters in the front and on the back of it. They said, your, your shirt is offensive to people. You know, I was sitting in the middle of a Dario yesterday and saw some of the nastiest mess I've ever seen on a t-shirt this one woman was wearing. And I looked at my wife and I said, I know ain't nobody told me to get out of Daria for saying Jesus saves. I said, but you better, you better believe they'd have a fight from this old boy on his hands if they let people in with shirts like that, but tell me I got to get out because I got one that says Jesus saves on it. That's what the Mall of America did. I'm talking like two weeks ago. There's a guy walking around in the Mall of America. He was not speaking to people. He was not shouting. He was not hollering. He was, he was there walking around shopping. He had a bright orange or a bright yellow shirt on that said Jesus saves, and they kicked him out of there. So the world hates the truth. They hate the truth. They don't want to hear that. Hey, we can run, we, we can't offend any religion, but yet we'll stand around and mock and make fun of all the Christians all the time. Christianity seems to be the one that nobody cares about. I don't think that's a coincidence. You know what it is? It's called truth. They'll let the Islamists do whatever they want. The Buddhists do whatever they want. They let all of these other religions do whatever they want. Why? 
Why is it okay for them but not Christianity? Well, it's because Christianity has the truth. The truth is not popular. So here's the thing. The flesh wants to hear that everything is okay. The flesh wants to hear that all is well. The, f- the flesh wants to hear uh, uh, that, hey, you know, I-, I remember not long ago, there was a very famous pastor, uh, very famous still today. He was on CNN and he was saying, you know, you know, people are beat down enough. When they come to church on Sunday, I'm going to lift them up. Well, it's fine to be lifted up. But what the man said, he went on to say, that's why I don't preach on sin. That's why I don't talk about how bad people are. They already feel down enough. You know what? God's message to the sinner is that all is not well. But we've got guys all over America that are saying, oh, it's all good. Don't worry about it. So God's message to the sinning, let me tell you something. God's message to the sinner is that all is not well. God's message to the sinning believer is the same. You want to know why? Because God, because God loveth, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth. So let me tell you something. You got a mentality like a lot of people do. Oh, well, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I'm okay. I'm going to live however I want. It's not all good because God says that He will scourge you. He will discipline you. He will chasten you. Yeah. So the first thing we notice in this verse is the word deafness, but let's notice a second word. There's another thing that I notice in this verse, and that is determination. Look at the verse again, uh, Proverbs 28, verse 9. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law. It's not just deafness, but there's a determination about this deafness. And there is always a measure of determination in refusing to obey. Adam Clark wrote this, Many suppose that if they don't know their duty, they shall not be accountable for their transgressions, and therefore avoid everything that is calculated to enlighten them. But this pretense will avail them nothing, as he that might have known his master's will, but would not, shall be treated as he shall be, who did know it and disobeyed it. What does this mean? It means that ignorance is not an excuse when it comes to God. It's not. We got people, I'm sure y'all have seen them, at the workplace where they are, they are super smart and they could do a whole lot more than what they do. But they play dumb, so they're not given any responsibility. Y'all ever know? That's an aggravating thing. That's an aggravating thing. And, and so here's the thing. That don't work with God. Why? Because God knows. God knows your heart. And here's the other reason it doesn't work. He's given us His law. He's given us His word. He's given us the commandments to live by. He's given us basic instructions before leaving earth. We have no excuse if we turn our ears away from it. God give us His Word. We are to read His Word. We are to learn His Word. We are to obey His Word. And so what are, I got to thinking about this, what are some ways in which we turn our ears away from hearing the law? Well, one thing I thought of is by ignoring it. 
And by the way, ignoring it is inexcusable. We are wrong when we ignore the Word of God. And ignoring God's Word will lead us further away from His presence in our lives. The Bible is full of wisdom. It's full of knowledge that can help us better understand the world around us and make sense of our own lives. But when we ignore God's Word, we are missing out on His guidance. We are missing out on His direction. And we are missing out on all of this and living a life of faith. Romans 10, 17 tells us, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you're not going to hear what God has to say in His Word, then you're not going to have faith in your life. We become deaf to the voice of God, which can ultimately lead to spiritual emptiness and spiritual loneliness. Here's another thing. We not only uh, we not only turn away our ears from the word of God by ignoring it, but we also do it by disobeying it. And there's a de- deliberance here that is just frightening to me. It implies that the word has been heard, but it's been deliberately disobeyed. And let me tell you something. James chapter one verse twenty two says this: "But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves." The Bible is clear about this right here. It it warns us not to be disobedient. It reminds us that God's Word should always be followed. And by the way, speaking of that, I've been studying the book of James a lot. We even find in the book of James that faith without works is dead. And a dead faith has never saved anybody. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying there's a lot of people I believe need to get saved. You ask people if they're saved and everybody tells you, hmm, what do they got to show for it? Nothing else in the world works like Christianity. And by that, what I mean is, uh, what I mean by that is this, it, Depending on the line of work you're in, you probably act a certain way and you look a certain way and you talk a certain way. Right? I think about this. When I go out and I'm spraying somebody's home uh, for, uh, uh, for bugs or, or using insecticide or doing a treatment... You know what I'm doing. I've got a certain kind of pants on. I've got certain kind of boots I have to wear. I have certain kind of gloves that I have to put on for protection. I've got a shirt on that's got a company badge right here that tells you who I am and what I'm doing. Makes sense, right? You can usually tell when a man's a mechanic, can't you? His hands are black all the time. There ain't an amount of soap that can get them hands clean. Why? Because he's been working on cars. Changing tires. You can look at a man and tell. You can look at a nurse and tell who they are. So why is it in the realm of Christianity it's perfectly acceptable to be able to look at somebody and listen to them talk, watch how they act, and never get that point across and it's okay? It's an honest question. Why is it that a person can say that they're a child of God but yet have no fruit whatsoever of that I'm telling y'all, there's a whole lot more people. I'm not saying I'm a judge whether anybody's saved or lost because I'm not, but I am saying there's a whole lot more people going to hell than what we think there are. There's more people going to heaven than what we think there are. It works both ways. 
But James was serious when, when he wrote, uh, in, uh, by the Holy Spirit he said, faith without works is dead. Works don't save me. Faith does. But because of my faith in Jesus that saves me, I should have some works to back up what I say I am. There's not enough preaching on that today. The Bible tells us to be doers of the Word. What are we? What does it say? There's a warning there. It says, but be ye doers of the Word and not hearers only. What happens when we just hear the Word and turn away and disobey it? We deceive ourselves. Deceive ourselves how, preacher? I don't know. It could be that a lot of people that think they're saved ain't really saved. Why is that? Because they don't listen to the Word of God. I've never seen so many people in my life just get a little fire insurance and think that it's okay. Christianity is a lifestyle. It is a life to live. It is a journey. The Bible's clear about this. It warns us not to be disobedient. Take your Bibles and turn over to Proverbs chapter number 1. Proverbs chapter number 1. There's several verses here. I'm going to read about 13 verses right here. Look in Proverbs chapter number 1, verse number 20. I'm talking about disobeying the Word of God. Look at what the Word of God says here. Verse number 20, Proverbs 1. Wisdom crieth without, and she uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse, in the openings of the gates. In the city she uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Now watch this. Because I have called and ye refused. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. But ye have set at naught all my counsel and would none of my reproof. What are we talking about? We're talking about the Word of God here. As a matter of fact, the Bible even tells us that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for rebuke, for correction. For reproof. We see all these words right here. What's it talking about? The counsel of God's Word. It's no surprise. We're talking about God's Word. It says, But ye have said it not all of my counsel, and would none of my reproof. Verse 25. Verse 26. Look at this. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For they that hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would none of my counsel. They despised all of my reproof, Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely 
and shall be quiet from fear of evil. It's talking about disobeying the word of God. This is a serious matter. There's another way that we can turn our ears from the word of God. I've already mentioned it a little bit. And that is not only by disobeying it, but that's also by misinterpreting it. It's a possibility. You think about it. Nobody has a right to make a personal opinion, uh, an interpretation, but many do. And when we do that, we are turning our ears away from the real message. There's many things. Me and Miss Nicole was talking about it last night. There's many ways that you can apply God's Word. And we were talking about the parables. And, and, and she said, well, can you not teach this one parable this way? And I said, you can, but I believe that you're missing the real message Jesus had if you apply it that way. And so there really is a message in all of the Bible. And if we misinterpret it, we're going to get the wrong message. Well, we see that today, don't we? Those are some ways that we turn our ears away, but let me give you some reasons why we turn our ears away. One reason we turn our ears away is because of disagreement. We simply don't like what it says, so we turn our ears away and choose to dis disobey it. Uh, here's another reason, not only disagreement, but self-will. Hey, you know in the garden that night Christ prayed, not my will, but thine be done. Well, we often pray, not your will, Father, but mine. Here's another reason we turn our ears away. Inconvenience. Hey, obeying God's Word is not always easy. And it's not always convenient. In fact, it often means standing up for what is right, even when it's not popular. Many times, this is when people crumble under the pressure of those around them. Winston Churchill said this, he said, men occasionally stumble over the truth, but most of them pick themselves up and hurry off as if nothing happened. Well, can I just go ahead and modernize that a little bit? In our day, men no longer stumble over the truth, they simply just go around it, it seems like. So we see deafness, we see determination, but I also want you to notice a third word here, and that's disregard. Look at the verse again, Proverbs 28 verse 9. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law. We find deafness and we find determination in that statement. But look at the last statement. Even his prayer shall be abomination. That's where we find the word disregard. Even his prayer shall be abomination. When there is this determined deafness we've been looking at this morning, then you know what? God will disregard our prayers. Prayer becomes an abomination according to this verse. That's a strong word, you know it? It's a strong word. Uh, but it's often used in Scripture. Here's what it means. It refers to a repugnant or detestable act, person, or thing. Detestable. Repugnant. I thought this was interesting. Of the four major Hebrew words translated abomination... The one most frequently used indicates a violation of an established custom or ritual which in turn draws the judgment of God. And that's the word translated right here in Proverbs 28. God has no regard to the prayer of the one ignoring His law. 
ignoring His Word. And just so y'all know, this is a teaching all throughout the Bible. I'm not taking this doctrine from one verse. That can be a dangerous thing to do. So let me give you some more. Zechariah chapter 7, verse 11, 12, and 13 says this, But they refused to hearken and pulled away the shoulder and stopped their ears that they should not hear. Yea, they made their hearts as an adamant stone, lest they should hear the law. And the words which the Lord of hosts hath sent in His Spirit by the former prophets, what's it talking about? It's His Word. Therefore came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. Therefore it has come to pass that as He cried, and they would not hear, so they cried, and I would not hear saith the Lord of hosts. If that's not enough, let's look at Isaiah chapter 59, verse 2. The Bible says, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid His face from you that He will not hear. What about Psalm chapter 66, verse 18? If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. I read that in Proverbs 1 too. We see a disregard, and not just a disregard, but in that disregard, we see judgment. Mm. God's word is clear. If we're going to have, if we're going to be disobedient and have sin in our hearts, He will not hear us when we pray. This is a warning that should not be taken lightly. It's a reminder that there are consequences to our actions. I saw, a, I saw a post, there's been some great controversy this, this week in the Twitter world with some preachers and pastors. There always is, but this week was, it was special. One of the pastors I know, he put, a, put up a message last night. He normally puts up something encouraging the men that's going to preach today. Last night, he put up something along the lines of this. He said, I've been seeing what's been going on this week. And I'm just going to say that you can't be right with God and be wrong with your fellow brother. Some of you men's got some, got some forgiving to do. You better do it before you get in that pulpit tomorrow morning. And you know what's so sickening about all that? The world sees it. They see a bunch of preachers that can't even get along. And they sit around and wonder, wonder why in the world we try so hard to get them into this. If we was all a little bit more like Christ, we wouldn't have that problem. If anybody leaves this church, and if anybody hates me, I don't want them to, number one. But number two, if they're gonna, I want it to be because I've spoke the truth. And it's not me. Because here's the thing. When you reject, hmm, let me just go ahead and put it this way. When a man of God stands up and preach, and he gives you the word of God and you reject it, guess what? People think that you're rejecting the man of God, but you're not. You're rejecting God. God said that multiple times in his word to his prophets. They're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. I told a church that one time. Because what was said was, Preacher, you've come to us with the truth. 
You've proved to us that it's the truth from the Word of God. But we just can't do the things you're saying. And I said, well, then you understand that you're rejecting God. I'm just the messenger. That's how serious it is. And when you reject God, when you disobey His Word, if I confess my sins, He is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. But let me tell you something. You pray anything else up to that time, He ain't listening. He says He's not. We need to take that seriously. I'm not saying he still ain't working in your life. I'm still not saying I'm not saying that he takes his hand off of you and let but he does in some situations. It's funny, the matter of getting right with God so many times is a lot like a sinner getting saved. And just for the record, I am once saved, always saved. What I said was that reconciliation is a lot like that. He's not going to hear that sinner until they pray that prayer of forgiveness. He's not going to save them until they pray that prayer of forgiveness and pray that prayer of salvation. And honey, once we are saved, sin will still, will still separate us from fellowship with God. And on the authority of God's word, he ain't going to hear nothing you got to say until you make that fellowship right with him. We need to take that seriously today. We all love talking about the promises of God's Word. And we all love talking about the, the encouragement and the, and the strength that we get from God's Word and how uplifting God's Word is. But there's some very serious things that we need to understand that none of that is possible if you're disobeying what He's given us already. We lose sight of that a lot of times. But you know, the promises of God work both ways. Call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things. I could come in and preach on that this morning, and we could shout the roof off. But there's another promise. He promises to hear us when we call, but he also promises to not hear us if we're not going to listen to him to begin with. 